0: And we will do our best to answer any questions you may have. Welcome to another episode of We Talk Health. My name is Will Cashigro. And joining me today in the studio is Lindley Lentz. She's a brand specialist for West Tennessee Healthcare. And also via phone call today we have Miss Whitney Young. She is a nurse practitioner at West Tennessee Medical Group Women's Health in Dyersburg. Ladies, how's it going?
1: Great. Right. How are you? Good. Good. I'm great. doing.
0: How right. are you? I'm doing great. Thank y'all for uh, for both coming in today. Today's topic is going to be about cervical cancer and uh, cervical cancer screening. January is cervical cancer awareness month, and we wanted to make sure that we did a topic about this because cervical cancer is something that people need to know about, whether it's January or any other month of the year. So before we dive into that, I want to try to get to know you guys a little bit better. So Whitney, we'll start with you. So what do you do, and what do you like to do when you're not at work?
1: So, like you said, I am a nurse practitioner, and I've been working in the women's health area for five years now. I'm from Dyersburg, was born and raised in Dyersburg, and I have two kids, a two-year-old and a four-month-old. And in my spare time, my husband and I play golf.
0: Nice. I've always wanted to get into playing golf, but I've... You should. I've only swung clubs when it comes to, like, putt-putt.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <So> yeah. <laughs>
0: I went to Top Golf one time, and it was a travesty but I had I had fun. Oh
2: well, I haven't done toss Golf yet, but I would like to.
0: Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Lindley, what about you?
2: So, my name is Lindley Lentz, and I'm the brand specialist here at West Nancy Healthcare. Outside of work, I have a balloon business. I do balloon arches, and it's called the Blue Balloon, and it usually takes up my weekend times, but it's super fun side gig that I have.
0: Yeah, look them up on Facebook and all yes, the all definitely. the social stuff. Uh, well, cool. Well, like I said, we're going to talk about cervical cancer and cervical cancer screening. Now, listeners, uh, clearly I am a male, and I don't have to deal with cervical cancer, so... I'm going to let Lindley kind of drive the boat here and we'll kind of go from there. So Lindley, if you just want to ask the questions and I might chime in on occasion if I have questions, um, but we'll just kind of go from there.
2: So Whitney, I'm just going to kind of start from the top. So what is cervical cancer?
1: So cervical cancer is exactly how it sounds. It's a cancer, you know, that occurs in the cells of our cervix. Now, what's the cervix? The cervix is the lower part of the uterus and it connects to the vagina. Cervical cancer is the fourth most common occurring cancer in women, and it's the seventh most common occurring cancer overall. And like Will mentioned before, January is Cervical Cancer Awareness Month, and so this is a great opportunity to remind women, do not go without getting your cervical cancer screening. And the first of the year is a good time to go ahead and plan that out for when you're going to do that
2: during the year. Absolutely. And are there any symptoms that we as women, you know, should look out for um, or be on the lookout for or anything like that? Well, typically any excessive or chronic pain would be
1: something to bring up to your provider and any change in your bleeding pattern. So if you have normally have a normal menstrual cycle and you have one every month and it's pretty you know, typical, and then you start to have changes in your menstrual cycle. That would be something I would definitely bring up to my provider.
2: Okay, gotcha. I see. I didn't, I didn't know that, so I wouldn't have ever thought, you know, a menstrual cycle I could, you know, could mean something so much more than just, hey, it just maybe weird this month. You know, does cervical cancer affect fertility? Any? Um, as far as fertility, no. But the treatments that you could
1: end up having for the cervical cancer. So to treat your cervical cancer could affect fertility, yes.
2: How often should I go and receive a cervical cancer screening?
1: So ACOG, which is the American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists, they put out, you know, guidelines for us. They do a lot of research and they say, okay, here, based on our research, this is what we, you know suggest as far as guidelines and those are ever evolving we constantly get new updates and new information and they're telling us the best practice and right now they recommend and it's really by age group and so women start their cervical cancer screenings at age 21 and when you're 21 you can come every three years and so we say every three years but that's as long as you're having a normal pap smear. If anything ever comes back abnormal, then we would go further to say, okay, well, here's now where your testing needs to go as far as becoming more frequently. So from 21 to 29, we see you every three years. And then from the age of 30 to 65, you can get a pap smear every three years. Um, And as long as those are normal, then you can continue those exams. Um, If you have what we call co-testing which means you're getting a pap smear, plus we're testing you for the human papillomavirus, then if those are both negative and normal, then ACOG says that you can go up to five years without having one. Um, But that's only with normal exams. So it really depends on person to person.
2: Okay, so does that mean like whenever I go in and get a pap smear, I'm also getting screened for cervical cancer?
1: Correct. So a pap smear um, is just basically a cervical cytology, and that means that we're taking cells off the surface of your cervix, and we're looking at it under a microscope to see is there any change or
2: evolution showing
1: precancerous or cancerous cells.
2: Gotcha. And can cervical cancer be passed down through your family? So I know there's some cancers that, you know, through women can be passed down, but I didn't know if this was one of them or... So cervical cancer can be genetic. Okay. Just like ovarian cancer and breast cancer. Why
1: are cervical cancer screenings so important? So cancer screenings are so important because just like with any other cancer, early detection is the best protection. So as soon as we can catch it, the earlier we can treat it and the better case we have overall. And so with um, cervical cells, they're slow evolving. And so it usually takes about three to seven years for high grade changes in our cervix to become cancer. So the whole idea behind a cervical cancer screening is if we do them routinely enough, that we will catch it in a precancerous stage instead of an actual cancerous
2: stage. For the women who have had a hysterectomy, are they still needing to get cervical cancer screenings? So this is case to case, you know, person to person. Mm -hmm. And
1: sometimes women that have had a hysterectomy, if they've had a hysterectomy that had their cervix removed along with that procedure, and they don't have any history of cancer or precancerous cells, then they can discontinue their pap smears or their cervical cytologies. But women that have a history of either precancerous or cancerous cells may need to continue their cervical cancer screenings. That's a person-to-person basis. so that's a conversation that you would need to have with your provider in order to decide, okay, what's the best course of action after my hysterectomy? Because it's, you know, person-to-person, mm-hmm. case-to-case. Everything can be different from one person to another. Correct. Uh, Correct. And so um, a lot of times if there was any source of cancer and that was the reason for the hysterectomy, then
2: we will continue screening. Okay. So if I receive a pelvic exam, is that the same as a pap smear, cervical cancer screening, or are those different?
1: No, those are different. Gotcha. So I get this a lot in my practice. A woman will come in, and I'm doing history on them, and maybe I'll say, you know, when was the last time you had a pap smear? And they may not know the exact date, but they can remember an idea of having when they last were examined mm-hmm. or had a pelvic exam. And we can do pelvic exams for a lot of reasons you know while we're pregnant we get pelvic exams and a lot of women think okay well if I had a pelvic exam then they probably did my pap smear too but that's not necessarily the case because sometimes we're just simply looking if we're having an issue instead of collecting cells for that cervical cancer screening so that's a really important question to bring up anytime you have a pelvic exam with your provider you can feel free to ask like okay what all being resulted in this or what all are we looking for like the more questions you ask the better because then you're more informed on what exactly happened during that exam that's a good question because it doesn't automatically mean that you had a cervical cancer screening
2: okay see i never knew that there was a difference between pelvic exams and pap smears i just always thought you know they kind of went hand in hand um so can you go into detail a little more about what happens during a pap smear versus pelvic exam
1: so a pelvic exam and a pap smear are similar in the sense that we can do pelvic exams and not do a pap smear. Um, we sometimes are just looking or feeling, okay. um, for abnormalities. So if a woman is having, um, pain and it's not time for her pap smear, if it's not due yet, mm-hmm. then we can do those for abnormal bleeding or we can do those for pain and discomfort and not actually take a specimen. And so, But then the specimen part where we're collecting the actual cells and sending them off for cytology, that is the pap smear. That's the cervical cancer aspect of it. And so if you think of it this way, you can have a pelvic exam without a pap smear, but you Mm. can't have a pap smear without a pelvic exam. Okay. Does that make sense? Yes. And so when you're pregnant, you may get a pelvic exam. They may be looking you know, for pregnancy-related reasons or postpartum. They may be looking to see, okay, is our postpartum bleeding starting to um, lighten? Is it looking normal? That doesn't mean that you had a, a pap smear at that time. So a lot of women, I think, sometimes get confused, and it's just a conversation that you need to have, um, but they get confused because postpartum, they'll come for their postpartum appointment, mm-hmm. and they get maybe a pelvic exam because they're looking to make sure that everything's going normal. And they automatically assume, okay, that was my pap smear. That was my cervical cancer screening. And that may not be the case.
2: So for us, for women, I know you said, you know, you start a cervical cancer screening exam at 21. Do you recommend women or, you know, girls to start coming and getting examined before then? Or do you recommend the age being about 21?
1: This is a guideline that has evolved over the last, 10 years, 10 plus years. It used to be that we started cervical cancer screenings or pap smears as early as 16. Mm -hmm. If a girl needed to start birth control, then she got a pap smear first. But those guidelines have changed. And due to the risk of that population of, of females, it's no longer indicated to get a pap smear prior to 21. But if a girl would like to you know, start on birth control or contraception, then she can come have that conversation with me. If she's not having issues or um, problems, then she will not necessarily require a pelvic exam. That is not a requirement in order to start contraception. So if she's not having issues or problems, then we can postpone that until a later time when she turns 21. Now, if a girl comes in and she's having issues or she has a certain complaint that may require a pelvic exam, then we would go in that direction, but it would not mean that she would need a pap smear.
2: That's great information. I know that, you know, um, I have, cousin and you know her mom wants her on birth control but she's terrified of her having to get a pap smear done Mm -hmm. and and, you know she's a at a younger age and I I think that a lot of parents don't I don't know that they think automatically if they take their daughters in to you know a female doctor they got to get a pap smear at a young age so I think that's a great thing to throw in there you know that they do not have to it's not completely required at a young age so
1: absolutely and I try to when I have a younger girl that comes in 16, 17, mm-hmm. I try to get that out first, like, okay, we can all take a deep breath and relax because you're not going to have to have a pelvic exam. This is just a conversation and we're trying to see what's best for you and what outlet of contraception you're wanting. So I know that that can be really intimidating for a lot of young girls mm-hmm. um, So maybe getting that information out there that, so the pelvic exam is not a required tool in order to get on contraception. So hopefully that will open up a lot of women's minds and young girls' minds so they're not as intimidated to come seek, you know, that treatment.
2: Thank you so much for, you know, teaching us a little bit more about cervical cancer and the screenings and the importance of screenings and why us women should really, you know, make sure and take the time out of um, our lives to make sure and get these done just to check ourselves and be more cautious about our own bodies.
1: Absolutely. And so, you know, it's always just important to talk to your provider and see, you know, your specific questions. Does this apply to me? do these guidelines apply to me or how often should I see you or how often do I need this? You know, cause all of the different screening processes that we have, whether it be um, ovarian cervical or breast, those all have different guidelines and that's just a simple question that you can ask your provider when you see them. So
2: Whitney, do you have a phone number you'd like to give us and are you accepting new patients? Is your clinic accepting new patients? Yes, we are
1: accepting new patients. Um, both op- Sectrical patients and gynecological patients. Um, And our number is 731-287-4500.
2: And you're located in Dyersburg, correct? Yes. Yes, we are. Perfect.
0: Well, this has been a really great conversation. Uh, For once, I'm glad to... Kind of take a take a step back and mm-hmm. not drive the bus <laughs> here. It was, it was nice to just get to listen and learn. So, Whitney, thank you so much for what you do, uh, making a huge difference in your patients' lives, and uh, we really appreciate it. And Dyersburg is a better place because you're there. So, thank you so much. Absolutely.
1: Well, thanks for having me.
0: You're very welcome. And listeners, again, if you're in need of an OBGYN gyn um, Whitney is in Dyersburg. Her phone number is 731-287-4500 That number is going to be in in the description as well as the link to the their page on our website, uh, Lindley, Whitney. Thank y'all so much for coming in today. I appreciate it.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: You're very welcome. And this has been another episode of We Talk Health.